You're probably wondering why I have a funnel right now. I'm going to tell you in a minute. Patience. Patience is a virtue. All right, so we are here together for the fourth and final week of our journey series. And so I hope uh, you've been keeping up with that. Um, If you haven't been with us, you can go listen to those messages online or on the podcast. Or I'm going to give you a little recap before we dive in this morning. Um, So we have been on our series called The Journey, and we've just been talking about discipleship, right? The journey of discipleship is a journey that we're all on together, as hopefully you've learned and we'll continue to see uh, this morning. But um, just just as by way of recap, right, we started off this idea of a journey uh, talking about the destination, okay? Because if we're on a journey, all right, when you go on a journey, anybody like road trips? Anybody? Okay. Ideally, you know where you're going before you get in the car. Now, I told the story the first week that when I was growing up, my mom would just put us in the car and we would end up Gatlinburg or we didn't, we didn't know. We just end up somewhere. But um, usually when we're going on a journey, we know where the destination is. Otherwise, we have no idea whether or not our journey was successful. Right. And so in week one, we just talked about the destination of this journey of discipleship. And uh, the thing that we, we talked about was Jesus's words in Matthew 28. Right. So Jesus uh, gathers his disciples uh, on the mountain there, and he says, uh, all authority has been given to me. Right? So whatever Jesus says next really matters if he has all authority. And so Jesus uh, gathers his disciples, all authority is given to him, and he's, he gives us uh, what we call the Great Commission, which is to go and make disciples. Right? And so that's what the church is to be about, to make disciples. Okay? That's what Jesus said that we are to be about, is making disciples. And so um, week one, we talked about how it's easy to kind of get, we look at other things as our measure of success, right? We look at, you know, uh, big, incredible buildings, nothing wrong with buildings, right? We looked at um, budgets. It's easy to, to think of, as if we had to have huge budgets, we're able to do a ton of, uh, of ministry, like that would be the goal. And there's nothing wrong with that, but, but it isn't the goal, okay? We talked about bodies, right? Just packing a building full of people. And, and I want to do that. And I, man, I told you, Week one, my card's on the table. I hope that we don't fit in this room in the future, okay? But the goal of the church is not just to build bigger buildings or have bigger budgets or pack a room full of bodies. The goal of the church is to make disciples. So that's the destination of the journey, to be disciples that make disciples. That's our goal. That's what we're to be about. And then uh, the next week, Andrew came and and he talked to us about uh, the importance of a guide, Okay, and the guide that, that we're following as we make disciples is the Bible. Because okay, here's, here's the deal. We're all being discipled by something or someone. Right? And, I, and I use that term because we're all being discipled. It, it may be the media. It may be uh, pop culture. It, may, it could be a variety of things depending on our, our stage and phase of life. We're all being discipled by something. But when we talk about the church making disciples, what we want to make people disciples of is, is of God's word. All right, so, so this is our guide as we make disciples. Right? This scripture is our guide. And so um, Andrew was talking about from 2 Timothy 3, how the, the scripture is profitable for reproof and correction and, and rebuking when necessary and teaching and equipping and training. And so this is why we follow the Bible as our guide for making disciples. And then last week, we're in Ephesians 4. And we talked about the people that we're on the journey with. 
right? Nobody's on the journey alone. There's no lone rangers in the Christian life. And so we looked at Ephesians 4 where Paul just says, it's, it's us working together as a body. Uh, it's when we're all doing our part. We're all pulling our weight. We're all equipped to do our own works of ministry. That's how the body builds itself up, right? We're on this journey with one another, right? That's what the church is. It's a gathering. It's the people. And so with that in mind, what we're moving on to today, so we've had the destination, we've had the guide, we've had the people, and today is the plan, all right? Now, before I give you more with that, um, how many of you guys played in the snow this week? Anybody? All right, a few of you? Good, okay. Uh, I have four kids, as many of you know, and so we got out and played in the snow. Weather was a little different in Somerset than it was here, and so um, we didn't get snow until Thursday, and so we woke up Thursday morning, everything's white and majestic and awful in my opinion. But, <laughs> but the kids liked it, so sure enough, I went outside to play with the kids. And my two oldest had this idea, they wanted to build an igloo. You guys ever build an igloo? Okay, well you're better than I am, because they're like, Dad, we want to build an igloo. And I'm like, all right, sounds fun. How do we build an igloo, Dad? I don't know. Let's figure it out, Okay. And uh, I don't subscribe to like Eskimo architectural magazines, so I have no idea how to go about building an igloo, like not a clue. So I just tried to roll these, these big, like you would make a snowman, you roll the big ball. I, my idea was we'll just roll, make a really big one of those, and then we'll just scrape out the inside of it. Failed miserably, did not work at all. Um, and the reason I tell that story is because we did not build a successful igloo uh, because I was ignorant when it came to igloo building. Um, but I didn't have a plan. And I had no sort of knowledge or uh, step one, you know, find snow. Step two, right? I, I didn't know how to do that. Okay, maybe, clearly you guys do. You're better at it than I am. I'll tell my kids to come find you all next time. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't have a plan. Right, so... We talk about this idea, this idea of discipleship. Um, I think one of, the, one of the reasons that the discipleship, generally speaking in the church, has kind of not become a priority, has kind of fallen into a secondary issue, is because we don't always have a plan for it. Right? So what we're going to talk about this morning is just kind of our plan for how we want to make disciples. Okay? So I'll warn you like straight up front. This is not your traditional sermon. Okay, I am, I am out of my comfort zone right now. You can probably feel it in me. Like I'm used to, we're going to look at this text and we're going to dig in and we're going to pull out what it says. And so um, this morning is a little different for me because what we're doing is we're just going to lay out, here's kind of what we want to do as a church to help make disciples. Okay, here's some things we want to put in place. Here's some things we're currently already doing. Uh, here's how we want to merge those things together uh, in order to, to make discipleship a priority at Valley Creek. Okay, so today is going to be like part sermon, part vision casting, part review, part me awkwardly just talking about discipleship up here from the stage. Okay, you guys are going to bear with me and it's going to be awesome. So with that said, now to the funnel. You guys have been waiting for this, haven't you? So... Um, if you're watching online, this is a funnel. I tried to buy the most obnoxiously large funnel I could find. Uh, so that's what I have here. Um, but here's the reason I have the funnel. Okay? I'm not really going to 
use it for anything. How many guys, um, I was thinking about this. I don't know if it's just a South Central Kentucky thing, but when I was growing up, we didn't necessarily always have funnels this nice. What I had was a grandpa that would just like take a two liter bottle and just cut the top. You know what I'm talking about? There's your funnel, right? So this is much nicer than the funnels that, that, uh, that I'm used to seeing laying around the garage. But anyways, um, this is our, our illustration for today, okay? And what I want to do is look at our, our church and some of the environments that we have and how they kind of filter into this idea of discipleship. But, but the, the visual representation of that, which is not great for people who are going to be listening on podcasts later this week, uh, is a funnel, Okay, and let me explain uh, a little bit what, what I mean by that. Um, so when you have a funnel, okay, it's, you're trying to get things from outside the funnel into another compartment, right? It could be oil, it could be transmission fluid, it could be a variety, any sort of liquid or whatever, right? And so when we think of this idea of a funnel, what we're wanting to do is to take people, okay, Ideally, even people from outside the funnel, because I think of the funnel as like our church programs, our church ministries, uh, uh, every environment that we have here at Valley Creek fits inside this funnel, right? So ideally, we want to take people that aren't even here eventually and get them in the funnel, okay? But each kind of layer of the funnel is like a a different uh, layer of ministry here at Valley Creek. So for example, um, what we have here is uh, the, the large end of the funnel. I'm going to put this down because I'm going to get distracted by it. So think of the large end of the funnel. Okay, kind of that. That's where everything goes in at first. That's the entry point. Okay, so when we talk about the ministries and the environments here at Valley Creek, the, the large side of the funnel is basically just this gathering right here. Right? The corporate gathering of God's people. Okay, now um, it is part of the discipleship process. Right, you being here in this moment, um, maybe not so much this morning because it's not necessarily uh, what I would consider a, a sermon. But ideally, you come in here week after week. You hear the word preached and received, and you right, you obey and respond to that. Right, that's part of the discipleship process. In fact, it's um, we think through this idea of like the destination and the guide and the people, um, the, the destination. Okay, is, is us making disciples, and that happens as right, the word is opened, right? Our guide, the word is opened, the word is preached, um, the, the word is sang, right? We sing scripture, we just sing about God's mercy, having just read about it. Uh, it's, it's read and it's received, right? This is where uh, the guide comes in. And then it's not just the guide because we're gathered together with other people, right? You look around the room, there's, uh, there's other people that we are in some sort of relationship with by the fact that we're here in the same place at the same time every week. And so uh, we're reading scripture together. We're singing together. We are um, ideally at times, hopefully I get an amen every once in a while. That's not a plea for you to give me an amen. I'm just saying, All right? But we're in this together. So we're on this journey with other people, even in this large gathering. And so when we look at uh, One of the things I think I want to point out as we kind of move through the funnel is is you see this exemplified in Jesus's ministry. Okay, you follow Jesus's story through the Gospels and you see that there were times where he ministered uh, or preached to crowds, right? Or he ministered to to large groups of people, right? Think of the Sermon on the Mount. That was a a large group of people that Jesus is preaching to, 
Okay? There's times when he would feed, uh, feed you know, the 5,000 with the, the fish and the bread. And so you've got these different environments where Jesus is uh, preaching and ministering to people. Uh, ideally, like he, he's discipling people in some way, especially you think of the Sermon on the Mount and the things that Jesus preaches and he talks about. It's in a large group. Okay, so this large group, this, I said I was going to pick this back up, but I can't help it. Uh, this large end of the funnel is like this, this environment, the corporate gathering of God's people. It's part of the process. But if you just stay right here, you're not going to get to where eventually you need to be. Right? Because, okay, let's just be honest, it's easy to come here on a Sunday and just sit in a row, right? You don't have to necessarily engage. You can kind of, you can be sort of a, a recluse. You know, it's easy to slip in. And as soon as somebody says amen at the end of the sermon, you can hit the door and be gone. Right? It's easy to remain anonymous in this sort of setting. Right? And this sort of setting is just not necessarily conducive to, um, to, to it being an engaging sort of back and forth sort of atmosphere. There are other environments for that, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But my point is that, if, if you just stay in the corporate gathering, as important as it is, it's, it's inside the funnel, it's part of the process, but if you just stay there, you're missing out on what you could be experiencing. Which brings us to the next section. I, I should have marked these in hindsight, like different areas, but I was not thinking ahead. So we're going to move on from the corporate gathering and, and get a little more narrow here. Okay, And so for Valley Creek, that would be things like life groups, Okay, or uh, men's groups, women's groups. Okay? Basically, when we talk about this next section, right, it's, it's smaller than a corporate gathering, right? maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 people. Okay? But it's this idea of a, a slightly narrower, smaller environment where maybe you get out of rows and you're sitting, like I said last week, in circles. Okay? You're sitting across the table from someone or across the living room for someone or... Uh, maybe if you're in a, a class or a space or in the building, you're just sitting in a row like across the room from someone, but an environment where you get to look at someone else in the eye as you, again, we talk about the destination and the guide and the people, right? We're in those environments. We're making disciples. Uh, it's, we're still looking at Scripture, right? We're studying uh, Scripture together. We're, we're reading it together. We're ideally in those environments would be a place where you could discuss it together, discuss what you're reading and what you're learning and, uh, ask questions and get answers, like that sort of stuff happens in that environment. Um, and it's in those environments that we're with other people again, right? We are, um, it, I think from my experience, kind of in the church world, whether you want to call it life groups or Sunday school classes or whatever, like those, those are the environments where you really form some good relationships, right? With other families or, or other individuals, right? Those are the people um, and when you kind of open your life up to them, right? the people that, that you invite into your home, you kind of extend and receive hospitality uh, as a result of the relationships that you form in those groups. Right? A lot of times it's with those groups, whether it's your life group or your men's group or your women's group, or you're, uh, you're on mission together. Right? You're serving some need somewhere. Right? I've, I've been a part of groups that, that knew there was a need for this area in the community or a need you know, in this, this aspect. And so they took it upon themselves as a group or a class or a, a ministry. We're going to go do this. Right? So those are the type of environments where we kind of 
move on mission together. Okay, there's, uh, it's in those environments where we pray together. Right? And, and when I say pray together, I mean those are the environments where we can really like have, have dialogue about, hey, here's what's going on in my life. Uh, here's some needs that my family has. Um, would you pray for us? And we check up on one another in those environments. Okay, it's, it's a, uh, those are the types of spaces where like care, one to it, like some of the one another's of Scripture that we talked about last week can really start to be played out in those, those smaller environments. Right, we care for one another. We, we check in on one another. We uh, extend um, generosity towards one another. It's, it's in those groups. And, and they're all, again, they're part of that discipleship process. Right? We want to move people, ideally, from, uh, from, from this room on a Sunday morning right, into a smaller group. And, and let's just be real. Like, there's a need for that here. Okay? I'll talk about that more in a minute. But, I mean, let's just acknowledge where we are. Right? There's a need for that here. Um, but we want to move people from just sort of this large gathering where it's easy to be anonymous and, and kind of be reserved and, and ideally sort of encourage them into this narrower uh, sort of middle section of this funnel where it's a place where they can begin to form like real meaningful relationships so that they can extend care and receive care, right? extend encouragement, receive encouragement. Like This is what we want for you. Okay? But that's not all. Because we're going to introduce something a little new. So now we get down to the little, uh, the, the narrow end of the funnel here. And this one has a, a really long, narrow end. I don't know if it's for a special use. You guys that are good with mechanical stuff probably know better than I do. Okay? But here's what we're, we're, we're introducing, kind of rolling out something that's new. Okay? Maybe it's not new to you, but it's new as an emphasis for us as a church. And it's what we're just referring to as discipleship groups, or you may hear us refer to them as D-groups because that's a lot easier to say than discipleship over and over again. Uh, but this idea of, of D-groups. So let me explain a little bit about kind of what we have in mind, and then we'll talk about that sort of practically. Um, the idea came from, uh, there, there's a, a guy that has a church in um, Tennessee, Robbie Gallaty. He's written several books on this idea, just widely respected when it comes to um, creating discipleship sort of environments and emphasis in churches. And so he kind of came up with, with this. It's not new to him because it's, uh, again, it's, you see this example in Jesus's life. So I should have said that in the last one. You, you follow Jesus's ministry, right? You got the large crowds that he ministered to, preached to. Then you got the 12 disciples, right? We talked about, um, or I meant to talk about that. We got the 12 disciples that Jesus kind of hand-selected. Here, here are my 12. Uh, he invests and the majority of his, his life into these 12 men, that, that 11 of which are going to go on and, and change the world, right? But then you fall that one layer down, and Jesus has kind of his, his inner circle. Right? He's got Peter, James, and John. And, um, and you see him kind of meeting with them on a reoccurring basis in Scripture. So I got, uh, these are just a few passages here. Uh, they'll be on the screens. Mark chapter 5, um, this is one of these instances. It says, uh, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. And then and look at this. 
It says, and he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. All right, so you got this, uh, this ministry situation here where Jesus is, is about to do some ministry, but he doesn't bring the 12 with him. Right? And he gets his three, Peter, James, and John. He says, you guys come with me. Right? It's, this work I'm about to do is invite only, invitation only, and you are my three. Okay? He brings them, brings them along. But then we see it again in Mark chapter 9. Uh, verse 2 says, And after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. We jump down to verse 9. It says, And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So again, you got this moment in Jesus' life that's this significant, powerful moment like recorded across the Gospels and uh, and he invites only three to come experience this moment with him. Okay, and not only does he only invite these three, but then he kind of gives, as they're coming back down the mountain, he says, hey, don't tell anybody about this yet. This is between us. Okay, but then we see it again in uh, Matthew chapter 26. It says, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. So Jesus, in one of the most like, vulnerable moments of his life, he, he distinguishes. He's got his 12 disciples, but he says, No, you, you stay here. You three come with me. And he goes on further into the garden, and he invites again Peter and James and John into this like vulnerable, um, intimate moment of his life. Right, so Jesus has his three. So I hope you're following the, right, you've got the large group, the crowds, you've got the 12 disciples, but then Jesus has his three. Right, and this was who he shared some powerful, intimate, private moments with. Okay, so when we talk about this idea of discipleship groups or D groups, here's, here's the idea. is that we form groups of three, four, maybe five, right, for you to, to come together. We're going to continue to follow the guide, right? We're going to study scripture. We're going to learn scripture. We're going to memorize scripture. I'll, I'll talk about that more in just a minute. Um, but it's a place for you to share uh, just an intimate, vulnerable things, right, with other like-minded, like-minded people, right? When we talk about D groups, they're, they're gender-specific, okay, so we, what we want to, ideally what this would be like was a, a group leader. Um, say, I'm a group leader. I'm going to find two or three other men to come along with me to be in my discipleship group. And we are going to commit to a period of time where we meet together each week for the purpose of reading scripture, um, holding one another accountable, right? encouraging one another, praying for one another. Right? It's this, this idea where we find ourselves in this environment where we can really begin to encourage one another at a deep, deep level. Right? It's impossible to remain anonymous in a group of three to five. Okay? Otherwise, you're just like the weird dude that sits in the corner and doesn't talk. Okay? Right? And what we want is to get, ideally, everybody in an environment like this. Right? And it's, it's so that you can experience what real, genuine community and relationship 
and encouragement looks like. A place for you to be honest and transparent and vulnerable. Not for the sake so that everyone knows your dirt. That's not the goal, okay? It's just a place where you can be real with somebody and say, hey, here's what I'm dealing with. Would you pray for me? Here's what I'm walking through. Do you have any advice or wisdom? Okay? Or maybe as you study the Bible together, hey, what are you learning in your group that might apply to your life right now? Okay? So we want small, three to five people, gender specific, right? Because let's be honest, men have certain issues. Women have certain issues. Or so I'm told. I don't know. Maybe women don't have any issues. I'm not one. I don't know. But, right? <laughs> I see some people shaking their heads. Right? But the idea is just that like, we would find real, like, like real community, real relationships, a real place where you can go and surround yourself with people that want the best for you, right? And these, are, uh, th- these groups are meant to be sort of organic to a sense. And what I mean by that is um, we're not going to take role of everyone in the church and just apply you to a group. Right? Ideally, if, you, uh, if this is something you're interested in, as we talk about it uh, more here in just a minute and then more in the weeks to come or in the, in the future, you know, maybe you have natural relationships with somebody that's in a group. Go be a part of that group. All right? uh, the church will help you find a group if you want to be in a group, but we don't take it as our role to assign you to this person with this people. Like We want it to be kind of Organic, because we think relationships just kind of happen organically. Okay, usually relationships don't happen when they're forced. Right? It's kind of you find yourself, you just connect with certain people better. Awesome. We're going to encourage you to try and be a part of that group. Okay, but there's a um, here's sort of the the structure or the idea behind these groups, and it's uh, it's around this word closer. Use the word closer as an acronym because that's what Baptist people do, right? There's a there's an acronym helps it. It helps us remember things. All right, so let me give you, each letter of the word closer kind of is the beginning of a word. Okay, and the first one, C, is communicate. So in these discipleship groups is a place for you to communicate with God. Right? You're going you're to be in his word. You're going to be praying together. You're going to be communicating with, with other believers. All right, this is a place for you to communicate about what's going on in your life. What needs you have in your life? Right? How to handle certain things, how to address certain things, how to respond to certain things. This is a place uh, for you to communicate. Um, moving on to L, learn. This is a place for you to learn. Right? I think one of the things kind of in the church world is we, uh, we, we can put people in environments sometimes and, and be really good at community, like be really good at, at forming relationships, but sometimes we do that at the expense of of just learning from the guide. So what we want to do in these groups is, uh, yes, be in relationship, but, but with a purpose to learn about God from His Word. Right? Let, that, let that be the guide for our groups. Right? Now, there may be times where, uh, let's say that there's a, a group of you know, three to five that you know, they've spent time going through a book of the Bible and, and looking at that. Uh, maybe there's a time when you need a special study, like a... Uh, a study for dads or for moms or for, I don't know. There's a million Bible studies out there. Right? There's a season for you to have those sorts, of, uh, those sorts of studies in your groups. 
Right? But ideally, these groups are, yes, form relationships, but even more than that, we want to learn from God's word how to live in obedience to God's word. That's the, the next one, obedience. Right? These are groups where we, uh, as we communicate with one another, as we learn from the guide, we want to, we want to be obedient to what we're learning. Right? And it's in these groups where we encourage one another towards obedience. Right? Spur one another on towards obedience. Hold one another accountable in obedience. Right? These groups are meant to facilitate an obedience to God's word as we learn it. It's also a place where we want to store up God's word in our hearts. That's the S in closer. Right? Store. Right? We want to, want to memorize scripture. I don't know about you, I did not necessarily grow up in an environment where like, I did a lot of memorizing scripture. Right? And that's not a fault to the church I've been a part of. Like, that's on me. <laughs> I just didn't spend a lot of time memorizing scripture. But I've noticed, like, just as I've kind of taken in the Bible uh, a lot more seriously over the last 10, 12 years, what I've noticed is that in those moments where, where I need some wisdom, right, it's the places where I've spent a lot of time studying that all of a sudden, like, something comes to mind that I've learned. And I can respond, hopefully, uh, in obedience to that word because I've, I've stored it up in my mind, in my heart. All right, there's, there's a lot of benefit to, to not just learning, but to memorizing, to storing it away. All right, so these, we want these to be groups where we encourage one another to memorize and, and store up Scripture. Uh, and then the E in the word closer is just the word evangelism. Right? This will be a... Some, I know that word kind of freaks us out sometimes. We're like, ooh, I don't, I don't know about that. Right? But really, like, what happens in these groups is hopefully as you're, you're learning, as you're, you're living in obedience to the word, right, it, it moves us to sharing that with other people. Right? I've heard that the gospel, uh, the gospel found you on its way to somebody else. Right? That's what we want these groups to be about. That as we are learning and growing in our knowledge of God's word and who God is and what he's done for us in and through the person and work of Jesus Christ, we want to share that with other people, people that we work with, people that live next to us in our neighborhood, people that uh, maybe, goodness, maybe people even in our own homes, right? Those of us with young children, like that's our mission field. Right? We want to share the gospel. So these will be groups where you're encouraged to share the gospel and then held accountable. Hey, who are you? Who are you telling about Jesus? Who are you trying to build a relationship with so that you might, you might share the gospel with them? Right? And then finally, um, the R is just the word renewal. Right? It, it's, it's in these groups, in these sorts of environments. There's just something refreshing about being in an environment, being in a group, being in relationships with people where you don't have to like pretend to be what you're not. You can just say, here's who I am and all my faults and my flaws and my failures. This is who I am. And to lay that before other brothers and sisters and let them encourage you and pray for you. Right? And as Psalm 51 says, to, to be restored and to be renewed. Like, that's what these environments are for. All right, so communication learning, obedience, storing up God's word, evangelism, renewal. This, this is the goal of these groups, okay? So let me, let me tell you kind of how this is going to play out in the next 
uh, short-term and then kind of a more long-term goal so that you can begin to think, consider, pray about how you might be involved. Okay? So almost immediately, I'm talking like in March, we're going to start launching some pilot groups. Okay, and what I mean by that is uh, we're just going to, some of us on staff and then some other uh, leaders, and maybe even someone in here is interested in leading a pilot group. What we're doing is we're launching some pilot groups where we're just going to take this idea and begin to implement it. Uh, because one, we don't want to call you to do something that we're not doing. Okay, that's the first thing. Right? It would be hypocritical for us as a staff to say, hey, we want you to do this and then just not do it. Okay, so what we want to do is we're going to launch some of these groups so that we can experience it, work out some of the kinks, because we're not perfect, all right? Uh, we want to launch some pilot groups to, to experience it for ourselves. How can we shape these? How can we make these uh, the best that they possibly can be? Okay, and then uh, into the summer, do some more training on that, uh, be recruiting some more group leaders to lead those sorts of groups. Um, and then hopefully in the, in the fall, just head towards a full-on launch where we say, hey, this is what we're doing Here's how you can be a part of it. Here's your next step to sign up today. Right, that's the goal. Short term into long term. Okay? Um, but my question to you as we kind of think about uh, our time together this morning, and I, it's not been a traditional sermon. I know that it's been uncomfortable. It's all get out for me. But we believe like this is so important that we're just willing, I'm willing to stand up here out of my comfort zone and just try and lay out a plan, lay out this, this idea of a funnel. We want to move people towards being disciples who make disciples. And so even though it's not been your traditional sermon, there's still a place to respond. And so my question is just this, what is your next step? Right? As you consider the funnel, again, I keep going back to it, I can't help myself. As you consider this idea of a funnel, where are you? Okay, are you, are you just an attender to this large congregational worship? Okay, if so, one, I am thrilled that you are here. Right, I am so glad that you're here. What I want you to do is take your next step. And so for you, maybe it doesn't initially mean going down to this next step, because let's be honest, we've got some work to do here. Okay, but maybe for you, it's just I need to be more consistent in my attendance. Right? The way that uh, I was listening to a podcast on the drive here this morning, and um, one of the things that this guy talked about was, for some people, the, um, whether it's the pandemic, you know, I, there are some people that stay away for medical reasons, and I understand that, and I'm sympathetic towards that. So hear me, whether you're watching, that's probably more to online people. I am sympathetic towards that. Right? If there's a safety reason for you to not be here, I would rather you be safe. But there are some people that left in the spring and have never been back virtually, never been back in person, right? So maybe you're hearing it this, this morning. Well, if you never came back, you're probably not hearing it this morning, right? But, <laughs> but, but maybe that, that lands on you somewhere. You're like, gosh, I need to be more consistent, right? Maybe instead of coming once a month or twice a month, I need to be there more. I understand there's work. I understand, that's a blanket statement, Okay. I understand that everyone's life situations are a little difficult, but, but maybe the next step for you is just to be more consistent in your attendance to this gathering. 
Okay? But maybe you are here week in and week out. And maybe the next step for you is to get plugged into a slightly smaller environment, a life group. Now, we need to have a talk about that. <laughs> I know the story here. This is kind of our family discussion here, right? Uh, I know it's been, it's been a hard go for a while here at this campus. Uh, I know there's, there's, I just know there's a real need for that here. Smaller environments, life groups, men's groups, women's groups. Okay, now listen, I'm just going to stand up here and tell you, I don't have the answer for that right now in this moment. I just know enough to say it's important. So maybe you're hearing that and you're like, yes, I have a burden for that. We should have a conversation after the service today. Right? We should have a conversation about, hey, how can, we, how can we start to implement some of these groups? Maybe we can get a, a, uh, a men's group going. Maybe we can get a life group going. Maybe you've had a burden for a while or you're just like, hey, that's, we need that. To which I would say, okay, help us with that. Because right? there is a need for it. But all that to say, if you're just here and, and you sit in the rows on a Sunday morning, I'm glad you're here, but I want to urge you to take your next step into a, a slightly smaller environment. Okay? Join a life group. Right? And, and we need to, to form some of that. Right? Maybe it's just we roll out these uh, Wednesday night prayer meetings. Maybe that's a smaller environment for you to come to. Just come on a Wednesday night. We're just going to meet here. It's not going to be heavily programmatic. We're just going to get together and pray. We'll open the word. We'll pray. It's a smaller environment for you to begin to, to form relationships and get to know other like-minded men and women. Okay? But then the last step is maybe, maybe you're, you're all in on that. Maybe you're a part of that, whether it's over at Springfield Road or you've got a women's group or maybe you're already in that group. Then what I'm going to encourage you to do is as we, as we continue to roll out this idea of discipleship groups and degroups, right, maybe that's for you. Maybe that's for you to lead. Right? Maybe you feel like you're at a place of spiritual maturity. Now listen, you don't have to be perfect to lead a D group. Because if, if that was the criteria, then we've got, we've got no candidates, right? You don't have to have your life perfectly all together to help lead other people into a, a deeper relationship with Jesus, right? So maybe, maybe this is a, something for you to step in and lead. Maybe you'd like to be a part of this pilot test group that we've got going on here in the next few weeks. If that's you, let's have a conversation after the service today, because I've got, some, I've got a, a resource I want to place in your hand and some more information, okay? But on the flip side of that, maybe you're like, I don't want to lead a group, but I think I want to be a part of a group. Awesome. Let us know. We would love to plug you into a group like that, All right? Or maybe one of the other leaders just stops you after church one day and tries to recruit you and says, hey, would you like to be a part of my discipleship group? Maybe your next step is just to say yes. When everything in you wants to say, no. My prayer is that the Spirit would just prompt you to just say, yeah, I can do that. I'll be a part of that. I'll join in on that. Because the goal, the long-term, long, long, long-term goal, is what happens is people get in groups, they're discipled, they're built up, they're equipped, they're encouraged, and then they're sent out to lead their own groups. 
That's how growth happens. It's, it's multiplication. See what I'm saying there? It's, it's one group of, of three to four people. Then those three to four people go out and find three to four more people. And it just grows and grows and grows so that we are a church of disciples that are making disciples. Right? That's the goal. But here's what I want to close with this morning. Just one more scripture from Colossians. Right, this is Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. Here's what Paul says. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, listen to this, that we might present everyone mature in Christ. And then Paul says, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This is our goal as a church, to make disciples, to present everyone mature in Christ. We could build the biggest building. We could have a huge budget. We could have a room packed full of people. But if we're not making disciples, we're missing it. We're missing what Jesus has called us to do. And so we just believe so, like, so emphatically that this is, this is our mission as a church, to make disciples. Right? That, that we want to we join in what Paul says. We want to toil and labor and work and effort towards this. Right? We believe it so much that, that Scott and I this week were just talking about what's it going to be like to stand up in the pulpit and just preach a non-sermon sermon? <laughs> we're both uncomfortable today, but we believe it's that important that we want to emphasize it. Right? So it's worth the toil, it's worth the labor to make disciples. And my hope and my prayer is that, that this vision has been casted and will continue to be casted for the, the weeks and months and years ahead so that we would be a church made up of disciples that are determined and committed to making disciples. That's our vision. That's our goal. That's what we're going to strive and toil uh, and, and struggle for. Because we believe it's worth it. We believe it's what Jesus has called us to do. So, have you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning. And um, just a weird, not a sermon, but there's still a chance for us to respond. Uh, we, we open your word and, and we see over the last few weeks where we've opened your word, we see that this is what the work that you called us to we want to be a people on a journey together of making disciples. And so, Lord, I, I pray that, one, just as we just talked about, that um, wherever we're at here this morning, in this idea of a, of a funnel, whether we're in a large gathering, or, I pray that we would all begin to consider what is our next step in this process, whether it's just attending more faithfully and consistently, or maybe it's, it's stepping into stepping into one of these groups that we want to launch. I pray that wherever we're at this morning, that you would prompt us and, and move us and convict us to take the next step. And then I pray for us as a church and as a people, as we begin to uh, live this out over the course of the next few months, I pray, uh, one, that you would just give us wisdom uh, to know how to move in this direction uh, in a way that's honoring to you 
in a way that, that continues to make much of Jesus, make much of the gospel. Um, we want to be faithful to your word to make disciples. So help us to do that. Um, help us to do that, Lord. Help us to see that that is the work that you've called us to. Right? That other things are important, but that is central. So Lord, help us to, to live in obedience to that this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace, for your mercy that you've lavished on us, that we've sang about. Um, we pray that your spirit would now work and move uh, in only the way that only he can. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.